Blog Talk Radio. Looking for a change of boring sports radio? Then stay tuned for Sports Beat, your alternative to boring, as part of Mountain Meadow Productions. Stay tuned. Meadow Productions and Sportsbeat Radio, this is Sportsbeat, a provocative, insightful, informative, and educational show that we hope will educate the sports listener to the specific of sport. With interviews, analysis, and a comprehensive look at the topics we feel will be appealing to the listener. And so with that in mind, we're not just your average call-in, same subject, same question over and over sports radio. But we like to think of ourselves as informative and educational radio. So why not sit back and for the next 30 minutes or so, we hope you'll find the program informative, educational, and above all, enjoyable. And with that said and done, this is Speed, and we're coming at you live. And I'm your host, John Spoolis. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday program, the fifth day of May, Cinco de Mayo. In case you were wondering, uh, that is a holiday that uh, has Mexican and American cultures together. Thanks so much for joining us on this segment of Sports Beat Radio Talking Sports. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that I don't know a lot of you know about. Uh, I've already mentioned about some of the corruption in football, particularly at the college level. You know, there's people that won't watch professional sports because they think that athletes are paid too much money and that uh, uh, they're not into the game. They're only in it for money and there's corruption and there's this. And uh, I want you to think again, because college sports is probably more corrupt than any professional sport could ever be. And, you know, we're seeing uh, some major changes over the last couple of years that is really going to be pushing some of the colleges to the brink as far as competition. You know, we've seen transgendered uh, males uh, competing along with females. We've seen a lot of things happen uh, that have not really been wholesome for the sports that uh, they represent. And so we're talking today about the NIL and uh, we wanted to bring your attention to it. You know, a lot of people today, a lot of kids, uh, I've spoken to teachers, and teachers say that kids don't do their homework because they're too busy in sports. And, well, I couldn't do my homework last night because I'm practicing. And, you know, I, we've done shows before, and I think most of you know that less than 2% of people in the world make it to professional sports. You know, you're much better off studying your academics, which is what school is supposed to be about. I think many parents have this delusional idea that their kids are going to be the next pitcher for the New York Yankees, and I can guarantee you that it probably isn't going to happen. And so you should be immersed more into the studies rather than the fantasies of uh, the possibility of not making anything. You know, even in minor league baseball, less than 2% of your local minor league team players make it to the major league baseball uh, league. So uh, with that said, what is the NIL? Well, it's a system, if if you remember, uh, the NCAA will allow its athletes to profit off of their own persona. 
So something they hadn't been able to do in the past, and this will be the biggest change to college athletics since possibly ever. It opens the floodgates on a new world of endorsements and compensation and sponsored content on social media at a time when the NCAA's hold of amateurism seems weaker than ever. And you may have seen the, t- the term NIL, which stands for Name, Image, and Likeness. This is what the NIL is. Rule changes will allow college athletes at every level to monetize their success with the use of their name, image, and likeness. So the NCAA approved a recommendation to suspend its rules surrounding amateurism on an interim basis, according to The Athletic, which is a a paper. And uh, it comes just in time as seven states are enacting laws that will allow college athletes to make money. So what is the old NIL rule? Well, the NCAA has long prohibited athletes from accepting any outside money, and it did this to preserve amateurism. If you remember Jim Thorpe, the great uh, Olympian back in the 1912 Stockholm Games, uh, was stripped of his medals because he participated in a professional baseball game at one point. I believe he was paid $12. So the concept that college athletes are not professionals and therefore do not need to be compensated. So the NCAA, uh, which is not the uh, most uh, honest uh, group in America, uh, believe that providing scholarships and stipends was sufficient. So now athletes will have no major restrictions on how they can be compensated for their NIL. In the past, athletes could be suspended or lose eligibility if they violated the rules. So why is it changing? Well, Let's go back to 2019 when California passed a law called the Fair Pay to Play Act, FPP was what it was called. Ed O'Banion, whose lawsuit against the NCAA in the early 2010s prevented the organization from licensing the likenesses of its athletes for commercial purposes. And, of course, uh, the mouth that roared, LeBron James, who is uh, a mouth for everything, uh, that you can imagine on uh, social media. Well, he sat next to California's governor, Gavin Newsom, as he signed the bill into law that made it illegal for state schools to prohibit athletes from making money off their name, image, and likeness. So the law, which is scheduled to be enacted in 2023, supersedes any rules set by the NCAA. In the years since California's legislation, 19 states have passed their own NIL laws, and seven of them, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, New Mexico, and Texas, it became law, uh, and Arizona will follow in July. And then uh, five states, Arkansas, Michigan, Nevada, South Carolina, Tennessee, will enact laws this year. Nebraska and Oklahoma will have laws no later than 2023 with a school allowed to implement its own rules at any point before then. Colorado, Maryland, Montana will join California in 2023, and New Jersey, of course, will follow in 2025. So The rule change is an effort to preempt these laws and bring the NCAA's own guidelines in line with state law. So the NCAA has been lobbying Congress to pass a nationwide NIL law to avoid the state-by-state patchwork that was falling into place, but that didn't come to fruition by July 1st. So had the NCAA not changed the rule in some form, schools in eight states with new laws this year would gain a significant edge when it comes to recruiting athletes. And it would be a lot easier to recruit a Division I swimmer, let's say, on going to school in Florida than, let's say, Michigan, because the athlete could profit immediately. And how does the athlete market his or her NIL? Well, athletes will be allowed to make money off their celebrity. Some of the examples, sponsored social media posts or advertisements, sponsored videos on Twitter and YouTube, training lessons in summer camps, and autograph and merchandise sales. 
So, for instance, a football player could receive a free meal in exchange for a Twitter post about a local restaurant. A volleyball player could accept a gift from a makeup brand in exchange for sharing it on Instagram, and a field hockey player could use their face and name to recruit young athletes to skills camp. And there are just some uh, examples. Those are a few. Athletes also would be allowed to hire agents to help them navigate the new NIL world. What's not changing? Well, this does not affect the rules about choosing a school. Translation, athletes will not be allowed to accept payments or kickbacks for choosing one football program over another. This is simply for third-party deals. And there will be stipends and stipulations, many on a school-by-school basis. Schools will need to decide whether an athlete can sign a deal that competes with pre-existing university deals. For instance, the will Boston College allow a football player to sign a deal with New Balance, even though the team is sponsored by Adidas? So athletes will not be able to use their university logos and trademarks in advertisements. So if you see a BC women's lacrosse player hosting a summer camp but not wearing the soaring eagle, that's why. And what are the examples of where uh, we'll see this? Well, it's already happening. Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz released a promo featuring his own trademark, a combo of initials on red backgrounds similar to Badgers uniforms. And while top-tier football and men's basketball players will likely get this largest share of the money because they're the most visible, this could be a boon to the Olympic sports that make up the bulk of Division I athletic programs. If you remember Caitlin Ohashi, the UCLA gymnast whose floor routine went viral, well, she didn't earn a single cent off that fame, even though it was viewed by more than 100 million uh, times, and she briefly became a household name. So with the new NIL rules, Ohashi could have signed any number of endorsement deals or accepted sponsorships on her social media platform. So on a local level, you could see a standout hockey player at UMass Amherst host a summer camp at nearby rink and pocket the registration costs. The Washington Post, which certainly isn't the most honest paper on the planet, uh, they highlighted five athletes who aren't household names but who have high earning potential under the new NIL rules, including twin women's basketball players at Fresno State, who have 3.3 million TikTok followers but have to turn down endorsement deals and free products. So what do the critics say? Well, when states began passing laws to prohibit the NCAA from punishing players who profit off their own image, name, and likeness, it was only a matter of time before the organization would have to change. And so NCAA President Mark Amert and other leaders had long argued that the blurring the lines between amateur and professional athletes would have negative consequences. So with that, the NCAA claims that consumers enjoy college sports precisely because they are not professional. In their view, it's about the love of the game and the alma mater, not the money. And there are also deep concerns that allow NIL profit could throw off competitive balance. But when the states began to pass the laws, the NCAA's hand was forced. So the new rule is in place and things are ready to roll. So there are still plenty of issues to work through. An influx of money in the pockets of college athletes creates an influx of middlemen. The fixers, the brands, and the ambassadors who want to cut, of course, everybody has their hands out. Sports Illustrated reported that most athletes won't make enough money to hire an agent, so they'll end up working with a digital marketplace to find endorsements. That's a space with little regulation. So some schools are already establishing programs to help their charges prepare for changing laws. At Nebraska, for instance, the athletic department launched education and support for its athletes. 
Open Doors, the leading digital marketplace for college athletes, was founded by two former Cornhusker players and is based in Lincoln, Nebraska. So what does this have to do with last uh, court ruling? Well, the Supreme Court ruled that the NCAA cannot restrict a school's spending on an athlete's education. It confirmed a lower court ruling that Division I football and men's and women's basketball programs are required to pay for things like study abroad programs and new computers. So on paper, that unanimous ruling is limited, but it showed how the nation's top court views the NCAA's long-standing belief that its athletes cannot be compensated because it would impact the integrity of college athletics. And the NCAA has long argued that amateurism is crucial to its mission, which has allowed it to avoid litigation under antitrust laws. But the ruling made the NCAA more vulnerable to losing cases regarding athlete pay in the future, according to the another uh, gem of a paper in the New York Times, of course, because the judges indicated that they weren't buying the argument that the NCAA shouldn't have to pay its athletes. Regardless of what happens next in the courts, you'll see the impact of the NIL rule changes right away and how this will affect the product on the field remains to be seen. Well, you know, with that, I can tell you a little bit more about this NIL uh, situation, and that is um, they are actually now uh, compensating would-be players from uh, who are going to college uh, some of them are, are, are offered a million dollars. Some of them are offered uh, even more money to play for a specific team. You know, if you thought corruption was bad before, uh, we just mentioned the, uh, the uh, ramifications of this NIL. You know, all the people who want money uh, have their hands out. And so a player, let's say, going to Oklahoma, uh, they may offer him money when he's in high school to sign with them. And since the situation has not really cemented yet, what's to prevent a player from going to Oklahoma and then changing his mind, taking the money, and going to Minnesota? Now, would he have to give the money back? There's no stipulation. I would think so. But what it's doing is it's bastardizing a, a sport uh, and an uh, organization of college football uh, that the NCAA should be responsible for. You know, they, uh, the problem is that we're compensating athletes, and yet the non-athletes who make up the bulk of college attendance uh, and enrollees are suffering the consequences of fifty to $70,000 of tuition a year. And there are students that are coming out of college that have a quarter of a million dollars in debt at 21 years old, and if it's not the correct major, you may be working at Target and you can't pay off your loans. And if you can't pay off your loans, you've established bad credit at a very, very early age. You wouldn't be able to buy a car. You probably wouldn't be able to buy a home. You probably wouldn't even be able to rent a, uh, an apartment. Not to mention the black mark on your credit. And so should they allow college athletes to be uh, compensated? Well, there are people that feel, yes, you know, they should be because, after all, their names, their faces are on billboards. The colleges prosper from that. Uh, maybe the answer is just eliminating all of it. You know, the problem that we see in America many times and in other places, other countries, is that when they try to pass and rectify a situation, they ruin it for others. And so you're 
catering to athletes on the one hand who uh, now will be able to, uh, let's say in high school, a college can reach out to them and uh, offer them a, uh, a million dollars or whatever it is to come to their school to play. And so what happens now, the top heavy schools with the most money, the most endowments will be able to fulfill their uh, rosters with quality players and the mostly lower-level Division I teams won't be able to compete. And so how is that protecting the sport of football and basketball and all the other sports uh, in college? I think the name, the name of the game is really, try, first of all, making it fair for everyone. You know, uh, colleges should not be allowed to uh, put the name and faces of, of their players on billboards or in games and profit from them. That should be eliminated. And the other thing should be that I don't think college players probably should be paid because what about the rest of the uh, students at universities who are not paid? Now, they're not providing a service, but they are. They're getting an education at school, and it's always been about education. It's never been about sports. You know, we talked about that early. Way back in 1869 when they played the first college game, at Piscataway at Rutgers, Princeton and Rutgers played together. Uh, Rutgers won that game. It was uh, the first known football game back in November of 1869, only a few years after the Civil War. And then the following week, Princeton offered, they were called the College of New Jersey then, before they were known as Princeton University, and they uh, extended the invitation for uh, Rutgers to come there, and uh, Princeton beat them. And they were all set now to play each other again when the chancellor of the school and the uh, hierarchy of the school said, wait a minute, we're not here to endorse sports. We're not here to play uh, with uh, bouncing balls. We're here to learn. We're here to learn uh, physics, and we're here to learn economics, and we're here to learn theology. And so the hierarchy of those schools put their foot down and said, that's it. Uh, we are going to get away from fun and games and get back to what we were. And so uh, for the early part of the NCAA, the college programs were basically at a standstill before finally some of the other chancellors who were more into sports later on allowed it, and of course it became what it is today. And I think the main thing in, in, our, in our country, when we look at our situation with students, we're 12th now in math. We're no longer in the top 10 in most things. The uh, Chinese and Japanese uh, lead the world in education. Uh, the education of Europe is much better. If you go there, you don't need a little book to translate the language because everybody speaks English, or at least a major part of, the, of each country speaks English because their requirement is most of them have to speak three languages to graduate. We have people here that are barely literate, college people who can't write, college people who can't do an average. And yet we're catering to athletes uh, who should not stand out any more than the face of uh, the enrollees in a college. Are the students not as important who don't play sports as the star football player? Now, I understand it's all about money, and the star football player certainly is going to bring a lot of prestige and a lot of money, particularly when they get into bowl games where uh, most of those bowl games are fairly lucrative. I had made a, a scenario uh, in a couple of shows before where uh, the University of Nebraska 
uh, and I don't know that they still, I don't think they still do it, but for years they played a small school out in California called University of Pacific. It was a very small school. They always played them at Memorial Stadium in Nebraska because basically uh, University of Pacific had a, a, a stadium with bleacher seats. So Nebraska wasn't going to come there. So Pacific always came to Nebraska. They always got ass-whipped. But they made about a half a million dollars because the cut in those days, and I think it's still the same, was 60-40. The home team gets 60% of the gate. The visiting team gets 40. That's to be able to keep parity uh, in, sport, in the sport. And even though they got ass-whipped, they made almost a half a million dollars in profit playing Nebraska. Did they, should Nebraska have played them? No. Should they have played the Brad? No. They certainly weren't on Nebraska's level. But they played them for many years and made a fortune for the school. And so, you know, we see colleges today that are uh, charging student fees above what they used to do so that they can fund their athletic programs. We see dishonesty, places like Rutgers. Uh, there was a situation with Rutgers uh, in New Jersey a couple of uh, weeks ago where uh, they were uh, brought up uh, by Congress, or actually the Senate in New Jersey. Some of the senators wanted to know why they were inflating their business school. They had said that their business school is this and that, and when you look at the records, their business school was not what they said it was, and they were trying to entice people. And that's what really the NIL is. It's got tentacles on it like anything else because it's new. Uh, the, uh, the laws haven't been established yet by the uh, lawmaking hierarchy, and so the schools are going to take advantage. And uh, they're going to uh, dip now their hands into high school and try to entice players from high school to be able to come to their uh, universities and pay them to do it. So you could have an 11th grader who, uh, in a high school who is a fantastic athlete who could be offered a million dollars by a school. You know, some of these schools have huge endowments, and we've known over the years that they've been illegal payments under the table. Colleges have given guys girls cars. Uh, they've helped out families with cash payments under the table. So all of it is not news. Uh, college sports is probably the most corrupt on the planet next to FIFA, uh, the soccer program, where they've had a lot of people go to jail because of their corruption. And so the argument is most people say, well, yeah, you know, college players should be uh, compensated. After all, we use their image, we do this and we do that. Um, the question is, should they be compensated, and, and how do we uh, direct this uh, insanity of what these colleges now cost people. You know, it used to be that college was always fairly expensive, but at least it was doable. Today, it isn't really doable. You know, I mean, I, you, you wonder how people do it, particularly with gas prices now approaching $5 a gallon on the East Coast with inflation at a 42-year high. An area here in the Jersey Shore where we broadcast from, most people are driving 50 miles one way to work. And even if you're making decent money, it certainly uh, dents your uh, finances. And so instead of, you know, giving athletes these accolades where they have the opportunity to make money, I think that colleges should probably, and, and law, uh, senators and so forth, and even Congress should say, look, you can't use their image at all. And they shouldn't be paid. Because how is that fair to 
the people who go to school who have to struggle. I know people that work two and three jobs to be able to afford tuitions. And you have somebody in a high school that could be paid, you know, a million dollars, two million dollars, uh, who is a junior in high school to be coming to a university to play for them because it assures them that they'll uh, be able to uh, uh, have that person come uh, to their school. And so uh, this NIL situation is uh, dubious at best. And I think uh, if college sports hasn't already been ruined, uh, I think it probably will uh, certainly be on uh, the plank uh, as we uh, investigate it more. So the NIL legislation has transformed the college sports. And, you know, we said, uh, what is the NIL? The Supreme Court and the NCAA and student-athletes all played a role in the new compensation rule. So what I said is that uh, athletes can be paid for their autograph, developing their own merchandise, promoting products or services and event appearances due to their personal celebrity. And now athletes are starting their own brands, endorsing brands and becoming their own brands. And uh, it stands, as I said earlier, the NIL for name, image, and likeness. That's the definition of the NIL, which is simple, and is also a possibility of compensation paid to NCAA students and promote, partner, or represent brands. And the mutual benefit relationship is built off the athlete's fame in order to grow business. And previously, the NCAA athletes were forbidden to profit off their celebrity and fame. So to take a look at it, September 30th, 2019, California's legislation uh, introduced that will prohibit schools from punishing student-athletes who profit from endorsements. In October 29, 2019, the three NCAA divisions are directed to modernize their NIL rules by January 2021. April 29, 2020, a group has appointed NCAA to give rule change suggestions. On June 12, 2020, Florida passes the state NIL law that will go into effect July 1, 2021, which is already there. July 22, 2020, the NCAA president requests again for help creating a federal NIL law. Senators encourage the NCAA to increase their reform if they want aid. And then on December 10, 2020, uh, Senator Roger Wicker introduced legislation that allows some NIL deals an antitrust exemption. And the exception could protect the NCA from some future lawsuits. In January 11th of 2021, the NCAA delays its vote on NL rules for an indefinite amount of time. Senator Chris Murphy and Lori Trahan introduced federal legislation that would create an unrestricted market. That was back on February 4th, 2021. And on March 31st, just a, a year ago or so, uh, in 2021, the Supreme Court hears arguments in the NCA versus Alston lawsuit. So the Supreme Court and the Alston decision, the Supreme Court decision in the National College Athletic Association versus Alston case determined that the NCAA was violating antitrust laws by restricting athlete compensation. And the lawsuit heard on March 31st and decided on June 21st, 2021 opened up opportunities for student-athletes to profit on their name, image, and likeness. So the court's decision, Judge Gorsuch, discusses the history of previous complications in detail. From the start, American colleges and universities have a complicated relationship with sports and money. And the court scrutinized the justifications for the restraints NCAA placed on student-athletes in particular. So 
a common argument in college athletics is the discourse of amateurism versus professional play. And in brief, amateurs are understood as those who do not profit off their athletic performance. The NCAA long argued that college sports fans and consumers demanded amateur play on a collegiate level. And the court, though, noted that the NCAA nowhere defines the nature of amateurism they claim consumers insist upon. So we had Judge Kavanaugh in there. We had the Supreme Court in the Ninth Circuit. And, um, you know, on it goes. So following the decision, the potential action has been passed to the hands of student-athletes, and how will you uh, use this new legislation as their best interest? So what is NIL going to do for your brand, and how do you intend best to sell yourself now that the options are available? So while everyone continues to explore the new world of potential profit, many student-athletes are finding unique ways to stand apart from the pack. Social media and personal branding are now more important than ever, and this is beginning, NIL is undeniably a fast track to entrepreneurial growth for young student-athletes. NIL is here to help give you the tools to best navigate NIL and, of course, win brand deals. But the situation is, what about the other students? Where's their help? Uh, where's the help in these uh, suffocating loans? Uh, you know, it seems to me that they always uh, remedy one and uh, do nothing for the other. And number one issue, uh, certainly in uh, college uh, uh, academia. And so uh, do we need to get back to the academics of college uh, or do we uh, continue to go on the track of, you know, where we are as far as uh, this new uh, NIL? And, uh, you know, we'll have to see where it goes. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting scenario. And so uh, we'll leave it with that, see what you think. Um, let us know at Sportsbeat Radio, what you think. And, uh, you know, we'll see what uh, what happens with it. But uh, I can see no great uh, accomplishment uh, with uh, something like this now that uh, has, uh, you know, many tentacles uh, in as far as uh, the career of, uh, you know, where it can go. So we'll uh, see where it goes. Well, that'll about do it for our show today. Thanks so much for joining us on Sportsbeat Radio Talking Sports, talking about the NIL and its uh, new idea for uh, college athletes and high school athletes to develop their financial ability. Sportsbeat's been a presentation of Mountain Meadow Productions and Sportsbeat Radio. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We'll see you again tomorrow.